Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Uh, Dev, I was at uh, Lawn and Summer Nights last night and ran into some big fans of the 96 take, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, Lawn Summer Nights, if you have never heard of it before, I'm emceeing it this year, and it's uh, an amazing charity that lasts all of July, every Thursday, and it raises money to uh, fight cystic fibrosis. A bunch of teams of four uh, go out to Thistle Lawn Bowling Club, and it's generally all young people, like, under the age of 40. It's super fun. There's a ton of booze there, and everybody dresses up crazy. I don't want to disparage the lawn bowlers out there. But I feel like alcohol has to be involved just to really get into that. I'm sure it's a fun sport regardless. But yeah, the alcohol and that just becomes like the night of the week. It's actually so much fun. Like I've always loved bocce ball and lawn bowling is amazing. (laughs) And our team is called the Lawn Rangers. So we have all (laughs) cut off jeans. I saw the pictures last week of you guys. We got cut off jean shorts and my white thighs are are out to play. It it was funny too because I... was looking around my house for a pair of jeans I could cut into shorts. And as I was looking, Dev, I found two pairs of cut-off jean shorts already. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my life that I already have cut-off jean shorts, but they were there. So, yeah, shout-out to Brian and Connie, who are members of the Thistle Curling Club and uh, taught us how to play in there. Listening to the 96 Take, maybe right now. Well, hello to Connie... And I've already forgotten the other guy's name. Brian. He's Connie so and Brian. Insulted. Sorry, Brian. Brian. I'm sorry. I like this, Dev. You came in here this morning and you love this clip. So this is a clip of Friends. They've removed the laugh track and they've replaced it with just a laugh track of Seth Rogen himself just laughing to the to the show. Moonlight walks on the beach. It was so romantic. So where's Mike? Oh, he's at the doctor. He didn't poop the whole time over there. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. (laughs) I mean, okay, he's he's at a gig. A gig we are definitely not going to. Glad you're back. I really need your help. Oh, why? What's up? Well, I have an audition for this play, and for some of it, I have to speak French, which, according to my resume, I'm fluent in. <laughs> shouldn't lie on your resume. Yeah, you really shouldn't. And by the way, how was that year-long dig in Cairo? Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Seth Rogen's laugh is hilarious, but... It really makes you realize that the, the that the crazy laugh track that's in every sitcom really enhances the lame jokes. Yes, eh? it does because that without the the laugh track at all seems just painful. Since Taz is off today, we are taking a walk down memory lane, all about movie etiquette this time. The Taz Show podcast. Taz will be back on Monday, but uh, in the meantime, we're taking a look back at some of our favorite Taz show moments from the past few months, including this debate about movie theater etiquette. We're talking about movie theaters allowing people to bring in blankets, not just blankets. Jim was at a movie the other night, and somebody fell asleep under a blanket. It was a full-blown comforter, by the way, and the blankets covering their entire body, and they even pulled it over their head. And all you can see is like the silhouette of a body reclining on a chair at the theater. <laughs> How much does that person hate their family? Like what's going on at home that they can't take a nap at home? You're going <laughs> to yeah. pay money to go to a movie theater. It's so loud in there. 
carry a comforter yeah. with you into the theater and then take a full-blown nap. I think it's gross. I think that blankets in movie theaters are gross. We want to know what you guys think. I think it's disgusting. I agree. I feel like bugs jumping on my legs all the time. So people bringing in these blankets, I, I think that's disgusting. You're worried about bed bugs. Oh. Or anything else on that blanket. Yeah, lice. Exactly. See, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm thinking about what are people doing underneath these blankets sitting next to me in a movie. Only if they only knew. <laughs> yeah, get out the black light. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Very disgusting. If you were sitting next to that person, you were a couple of rows away from this this person with the blanket over their head sleeping. If you if they're in the seat right next to you, would you not be uncomfortable, Jim? Yeah, I'd be worried that they were first off dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's going on under there? Exactly. Yeah. I don't like blankets in movie theaters. Hi FM ninety six. Hi, Taz. Um, I'm going to say that I always bring up blankets to the movie theater. <laughs> You do? What's your name? Brian. Brian, why do you bring a blanket to the movie theater? I don't know. I guess it just lets me feel a bit more comfortable. It makes you feel like you're at home a little bit. Yep. And what, you don't do anything weird under the blanket? Like you're not uh, picking your nose or anything under there? No, I do not put my head under the blanket, Taz. Right. And are you worried with the blanket you're a little too comfortable and you might fall asleep and miss the movie, like a, like the Avengers movie that you've been waiting forever to see? No, 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 no. No, okay. So you are pro-blanket? Yeah. Yeah? Do you wash your blanket before and after you take it to the movie theater? No. My brother does the same thing, too. Yeah, does he? You don't share a blanket. You guys use different blankets. Yeah, we do. I would start washing them. After hearing the guy talking about the bugs jumping on his legs, I would start <laughs> washing your blanket after you go to the movie okay. theater, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian, you have a great day, okay, buddy? You too. All right. Well, there's Brian's opinion on that. <laughs> That's amazing. He will not stand for this, Taz. Don't make fun of blankets at movie theaters. It's completely innocent. I will say, I, I don't think it's creepy or whatever. I'm just saying, how comfortable do you need to be in public as well? I agree. I, I really don't even think you, you should be wearing sweatpants to the movie theater. <laughs> Honestly. I think sweatpants are... are You're in public. Yeah, yeah. It, sweat... You need a sweatpants with the drawstring and no elastics around the ankle. Everyone should be wearing tuxedos to the movie theater. <laughs> the Taz Show Podcast. And uh, this is just mean. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, the actor who plays Mr. Bean, is, Love not, is not dead. But your computer might be if you clicked on the fake news story about his untimely demise. Online scammers frequently use uh, celebrity rumors to target people with malicious software designed to steal their personal data. This was going around recently that Mr. Bean was dead. The hoax video appears to have resurfaced from July of 2017 when it first sparked fears that Atkinson had died. The video caption claims he was killed in a car crash. Now, here's the part that's mean. Like, the fact-checking website Snopes has debunked rumors of his death on multiple occasions. If you're Rowan Atkinson, 
Like, how many times do people have to pretend you're dead before you just start taking it a little bit personal? Yeah, I mean, it's also got to be terrifying to read a headline, Rowan Atkinson. Like, you wake up and you're Rowan Atkinson and you read the headline, Rowan Atkinson dies. You think, okay, is this like a plot of a movie where I wake up and I'm out of my body and <laughs> I'm trying to talk to people and they can't see me like Bruce Willis from Sixth Sense? I don't know. Either way, if Mr. whenever Mr. Bean dies, which he unfortunately inevitably will, I hope that he leaves the funeral on top of the hearse while sitting in a recliner. <laughs> Remember that episode of Mr. Bean where he's driving down the hill like sitting on the roof? I hope I hope he has that, but I also hope he has like a turkey over his head <laughs> in the coffin. Love it. The Tash Show Podcast. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is causing some controversy. He's in a new movie called Skyscraper where he plays um, a character who is an amputee. The character... Uh, Will Sawyer had one leg amputated below the knee after an incident with a grenade. So in this movie, you know, we've seen it before, you know, Forrest Gump, you know, actors that are fully abled uh, playing disabled characters. Uh, doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but a uh, kind of a well-known disabled actor who's been on NCIS and Last Man Standing uh, penned on Open Letter. Uh, their name is Katie Sullivan. And she's upset because she thinks there should be a, a disabled actor playing this role. There's not many movies that come out where there is an amputee in the starring role. I can think of maybe, what was that one where James Franco had to cut his arm off? Oh, 127 hours? 127 hours. I don't know, maybe House, the movie the guy had, to, or the show, TV show, he had a limp. I don't know how many roles there are for people with disabilities but uh, Sullivan is saying that individuals with disabilities make up almost 20% of the world's population we are the largest minority and the most marginalized group in Hollywood uh, this is also true the truth for performers with disabilities being sidelined so that able bodied actors can play at what it's like to live with a disability what we lose in that is the genuine authentic perspective there is a bit of misconception that a performer with a disability wouldn't be able to handle the grueling schedule of a feature film, and this community of ours contains some of the strongest, most capable, tough individuals imaginable. I can think of one role that was filled that was super famous, filled by a guy who actually had um, a disability. That's uh, Flynn from Breaking Bad, Walter Jr., I'm not sure, Walt Jr., I'm not sure exactly what his condition was, but he actually has crutches in real life. Um, and it d does an awesome job. But, Devin, what do you think? Is there validity to this argument? Should The Rock be ashamed of himself? No. I mean, uh, th I think there, there are two issues. I mean, one, should there be more actors in Hollywood who have a physical disability acting? Yes. But asking for there to be a movie like skyscraper for that role of the rock to be played by someone who is an amputee how many people on earth would fit that description into like, like the stars in, would really have to align in the movie the rock literally jumps from one building to the other yeah now that's on one leg pretty impressive <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, special effects so any actor playing the role theoretically could do that but it's a physical role. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know how many actors there are that have that specific disability, physical disability where they are amputate, have a leg amputated below the knee that can act, can star in an action movie specifically and would want and would have this, like, I don't know how many people on earth you can cast 
that would fit that role. Uh-huh. So if the argument is we need to have more people who, you know, have physical disabilities acting in Hollywood, I would agree. But I don't think going necessarily for skyscraper is is the issue here. Like I remember the 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 guy who plays um, Tyrion on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. The he's the small, small person, a dwarf. I dwarf, think it was, dwarf. Yeah. He he was saying like it's difficult to get non dwarf roles in Hollywood because that's all people want him to play. But you're starting to see him because he's got some notoriety from Game of Thrones just arriving in different movies. So, like, he was in Three Billboards. Yeah. Which, and he was fantastic in it. He but won- he also, in that role, he is a dwarf. He is and a dwarf. Like, jokes but, about it, But too. that's not a big part of the character, right? He's kind of like a sleazy guy. He's yeah. Got, he's, he, he wants one of the characters. But that's he's just a guy in the movie. And so I'd like to see more movies where someone has a, a physical disability, but they're just a per like, like, like in Breaking Bad, It's that's just... The character, yeah. It, we, I don't think you need to always just have a person with a specific disability to just fulfill that role because that, to me, limits what you'd mm-hmm. want that type of actor to be able to do in Hollywood. And I get, uh, you know, uh, Sullivan saying that you know we have the genuine, authentic perspective, but isn't that what acting is? Like, not a lot of people who go who act are actually have went through the things that they portray on screen. Well, I mean, what was it, Jared Leto, uh, when he was in Dallas Buyers Club, he didn't have AIDS, like Tom Hanks didn't have AIDS, like the whole part of acting. Well, it's funny you bring up that Jared Leto thing, because there's also a complaint about uh, Scarlett Johansson, because in that, in Dallas Buyers Club, he plays a transgendered woman, and uh, Scarlett Johansson was about to play a transgendered woman in a movie called Rub and Tug, and there was so much backlash because she's not transgendered herself, and they think that a transgendered actor... Or actress, should, I can't even genderize that. An actor should play that role who's transgender, not just some lady. Not Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I. To me, it's the same argument in terms like the whole point of acting is to assume this different persona, this different role, and so if there is a transgendered actor, just to use because uh, actor I think covers men and women mm-hmm. that can fill that role, then. Great if 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 they can if they're the best person for that job, but there's a transgendered actress on uh, uh, Orange Is the New Black. There, there's like there's a whole show that has a number of transgendered uh, actors on it. Uh, there's uh, transgendered the Amazon show, um, but like the the Scarlett Johansson movie is one that she has a role in. Like I think she's a producer on it. She's mm-hmm. like she's played a role in bringing this movie to fruition. So to me, I understand her role in terms of actually acting in it. It's the same as the physical disability. Like there should be more roles for transgendered actors in Hollywood, but I don't want transgendered actors just to be playing transgendered characters. Play whatever character. It's the same. The same theory applies. Be you know, be a be a person who's dealing with whatever. Like. Put like lose weight, gain, add weight, become a character in a movie. It doesn't have to be who you are in real life is who you play on camera. It almost makes you wonder. It's like, where do you draw the line then? Um, You know, can Neil Patrick Harris, who's a gay man, can he play a straight guy? So it's okay for a gay guy to play a straight guy, but not a straight guy to play a gay guy. Like these lines haven't been drawn yet, but if this is the next level, then that's the next 
option that we, we're going to have to talk about. I think there's people that are just sensitive to it because you don't see a lot of people who have physical disabilities in the movies. You don't see a lot of transgendered people generally who, who are in real life anyway transgendered in the movies. And so when you actually see those characters start to come to light, mm-hmm. they get frustrated. But my response would be, well, there needs to be more pressure on Hollywood, which is not as diverse as they like to say they are in all the award shows, like, you know, Oscar's so white, you know? Yeah, yeah. There, there needs to be pressure on Hollywood and producers to be more creative in the characters they write and the care and the actors they consider for these different roles. Yeah, or it, it, I, I would say it'd be a, a step in the right direction, a better step if, it, you know, a movie just like uh, Three Billboards, if there was just a friend who was transgendered and it wasn't a main part of the plot, it was just a random... You know, they didn't really dwell on it. Like I loved in Fargo, like the movie, when uh, the the main character, the police chief, who was also main character from Three Bill, uh, the same yeah. actress, Frances McDormand, she was pregnant in the it, the character was pregnant, but her pregnancy was referenced almost never. In the yeah. Movie. So that the the pregnancy was just part of the character, but it wasn't like a central part of the story and the theme. And so those little just little key parts I think are neat and we need to see more of that kind of a thing just as part of general storytelling. Well, ironically now for a group of people who uh, want more transgendered movies, um, Rub and Tug may now not happen at all. The Taz Show Podcast. And Dev, I want to run this story by here. I love uh, the idea of seeing a headline that if you saw it five years ago, would make you go, what is going on here? But now it's five years in the future and you go, ah, it's about par for the course. (laughs) This headline is from a Global News article and it goes, will having a sex robot in the home pose a risk to children? (laughs) It's it's actually an interesting article because, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody who's lonely or maybe has a condition where they they can't seem to have a relationship or something and these sex dolls come in there but if you're a f- like a functioning adult with children is it okay to have a sex doll in the home that they are aware of because a lot of these guys they treat it almost like a, a pseudo girlfriend so i mean you, there's a, there's so many different ways you can go with this like is this a sex doll or a sex robot it's a sex it's a human it's like, like it's not a blow up doll. It is a is a technologically driven sex robot that Dev. It's not just for sex though. Here in this article, um, it says that uh, you can put it on family mode, oh, so it will it, it will talk dirty, Dev. But you can put it on family mode, so it will tone down the suggestiveness of her comments. Uh, in addition to having the romantic and sexual settings, uh, she will also be able to talk about philosophy, <laughs> animals, and offer motivational advice and tell jokes. And she will also describe herself to your children as just daddy's friend. <laughs> Imagine your dad brings that home. Hey, oh, this, like, is, like, this is Samantha. So, I mean, uh, every time I see these um, these robot stories now, because I was I was watching Westworld. I've been watching Westworld. Yeah, and that's what it's, the a, whole- it's a futuristic amusement park where the robots play the role of any t- any history any any period of time and do whatever you want basically but what are the, like this the the philosophical questions they're getting at is like do these robots like do they have rights are they are they human are they people or what are they so if you've got a sex robot and it's talking philosophy with you or it's doing whatever mm-hmm. do you treat it as like a, a human or, or as a person because like if you if you just treat it as though it's like a possession, 
and then your kids see it, then what does that teach them just about treating other people? Not yeah, just- it almost it, it almost gives the, uh, the 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 you know the idea that women are property or something like yeah. that, or that your partner is something you own and control, like you would a sex robot. I mean, there's they're obvi- they, they may repeat philosophy, but they're they're obviously not self aware. No, so the the rights are. <laughs> aren't quite there yet but it, it it's an interesting concept too it's like is this gonna put children in therapy down the road i mean you thought it was embarrassing when your dad bought a pair of crocs i mean imagine he comes home with a sex robot it has to i mean i'm sorry like if you need a sex robot but there's there's a stigma there i mean there's that's that is that is that, that that's a hard one for i think a kid to, uh, that's a hard one for an adult to get over like yeah like i don't have a brother but if i had a brother and i go to his place i go oh i heard something talking in your room as i was going to the washroom what is that oh that's just uh alexa that's, the, <laughs> that's just alexa oh who's alexa oh it's my sex robot girlfriend <laughs> okay well hey hey uh Hey, brother. We I'm going to go get some ice. <laughs> we, uh, I'll be back. <laughs> we need to have a conversation here, brother. What about, I remember growing up and like my dad couldn't figure out technology to save his life. A computer, <laughs> he couldn't hook up a VCR. What if he's like, Jim, having a problem. Alexa's got sparks shooting out of her ass here. You think you can get in there and tinker and fix her up? <laughs> the Tash Show Podcast. And now the winner is... Devin Peacock. I want to see you, Peacock. Sports time with Devin Peacock. World Cup's over, but we probably have the craziest soccer video we've seen in a couple months here, Dev. If this had happened during the World Cup, it would have just made it the best World (laughs) Cup ever. So this, uh, earlier this week, there was a Champions League qualifier between um, a Hungarian team, I don't even know how to say that, M-O-L-V-D-F-C, and a team from Luxembourg, F91 Dundalong OF. Oh, those guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like there's there's Barcelona, there's Real Madrid, and then there's Dundalong. <laughs> so uh, they were in the second leg of their Champions League uh, qualifier. Luxembourg lost 3-2 in aggregate in the second leg of the series. And at the very end of the game, Dundalong defender Brian Melise decided to jump kick Vidi's Mate Pataki right in the stomach with both legs as the ball was uh, kicked down the field. Okay, I've got the video open here. It's 2-1 on the scoreboard. It's already past the 90th minute. Two minutes into extra time here, so I'm sure tempers are flaring at this point. Oh, that is no joke. Oh, that's the easiest red card call I've ever seen. Like the guy gets up who drops the, does the drop kick, he's almost smiling. Because he knows just how aggressive that was. He's and again, he's wearing cleats. Yeah. And he's aim he's not going for the ball. He's going for the guy's chest. The goalie clears it out of his end, so the ball's in the air, and the guy volleys it out of the air, and he's kind of jumping in the air to clear the ball, but then he fully commits with both cleats and then <laughs> like literally like pumps his knees are like in and then he pumps his legs out and crushes this guy full-blown wwe drop kick like if it wasn't dangerous and just uh, boneheaded it'd be kind of impressive just the, the kick itself just to get that much height yeah and to perfectly kick the guy in the chest you know injuring the guy aside <laughs> pretty good kick yeah i mean 
I hate to say it too, but after all the flopping and diving in the World Cup we saw, it's kind of refreshing to see a guy go down hard for a real reason. This is the Tash Show Podcast.